0: It's Friday, August 28th, 2020. This is the Tanaka Cast. I'm Dan and I'm joined by Barra. Everyone, uh,
1: excited to get started. A lot of stuff happening in the world of baseball.
0: For sure. The, the Tanaka Cast is our look at baseball through the lens of Masahiro Tanaka and his many starts. Uh, we are delinquent. I'll, I'll blame it on myself, but we are delinquent um, just due to scheduling and but typically we do these casts the day after the um the start of Masahiro Tanaka uh, and we get Bear's thoughts and then talk through some news and what's going on in the baseball world so with that in mind uh Bear I know just before the cast we were starting to, you know get excited and and even heated uh talking through some of the, the Tanaka stuff so let's let's jump right into it and talk about his five inning start in a seven inning game yeah, no,
1: and I think we'll get into the whole seven inning game concept. Uh, but uh, Tank had a rough outing the start beforehand. Made it through four innings against Tampa Bay, um, but got the loss. His ERA ballooned to over four after that hit. It was like eight hits, five earned runs, um, two home runs were against him. It was brutal. And so, what does he do uh, when he comes back out on the 26th against Atlanta? um he pitches five innings of scoreless ball uh yeah. so five innings no runs three hits four strikeouts um but the strikeouts to me were the less of the news of it and more that uh, especially since that came in really like two of them came the last in, his last inning it was more that he was getting those ground balls uh he was in supreme control and there was a lot of ground balls nothing there were three hits but none of them were really hard hit and he did get into a bit of a jam with like two on two out in the third inning and you know he gets them to to to, to ground it you know, to to easily ground out of it um so he was cruising he was in control uh and unfortunately the yank bats were pretty ice cold um they did manage to put together a sc- uh, a scoring sack fly uh in the, uh, it was in the, believe it in the fourth inning that that, uh, that, that went down. Um, but what they were, and so, and so it was a 1 0. So after, at the end of the fifth inning, it's a 1 0 Tank. 1 uh, 0 Yanks leading. Tank has a lead. He's in the line for the win. Uh, and unfortunately, though, they were not able to uh, give him more than a. One, uh, one, eight, uh, one run lead by the time the sixth inning rolled around, and that is a really the interesting thing with in terms of the start and what people are talking about and and Yankee World is is that uh, this was a uh, this was a situation where from sixty six pitches and the quotes that I've that I've seen floating around is is that like Aaron Boone asked him how he's feeling and he was saying that like he was beginning to feel a little gassed but he would do whatever Aaron Boone wanted. And so Aaron Boone pulls him for Chad Green, who's been their lights out reliever. Um, Chad Green gets the first two folks out, but then um, one of the batters gets on base, and then the home uh, a two run home run shot is hit. Chad Green strikes out the last person, but then uh, or at least gets I believe it was with, by a strikeout, but you know, he gets the last guy out, and then however the Yanks aren't able to tie or uh, take out the game, and they end up losing uh, losing it two to one. So it goes from a one zero win to a 2-1 loss uh when you have uh you know your second but you arguably your second best pitcher on the staff um after garrett cole dealing uh, certainly second best pitcher right now considering that james paxton is hurt right. uh and i think and it was it's an interesting go it was interesting dile- dilemma i honestly think based off of like what tank was doing like he told Boone that he was beginning, the tank was beginning to empty. I think that what that, but it wasn't like he told him to take him out. Uh, I think that some people are asking like, oh, did Masahiro Tanaka, like, you know, like, is he trying to protect Boone or does he just not have very good conditioning right now? Uh, you know, he is coming back from and working up to his pitch count, uh, which apparently Boone said he was authorizing to him to go 80 to 85 pitches at that point of uh, leading up to it. I honestly think that Boone would have said go back out there um, and then if you're in trouble, we'll bring guy out if it had been just a two-run lead. Uh, I think the big danger that Aaron Boone was thinking about was is that I Tank, I, the, I, I don't want Tank to, to give up a home run. Um, and the thing is, is that you can pull your starter if they're in trouble and preserve the lead if it's more than one, but if it's not... Then that the solo homer is always a danger. So he went with his lights out bullpen, and uh, I think it cost Tank a win. I think if Tank goes back out there, he continues to deal. Uh, At the very least, he gets them through uh, through another inning. and yeah, I, I honestly this bold prediction. I think from what I was seeing, you know, yeah, especially with some the contact he was getting was like those ground balls. I think he would have completed a quote unquote complete game shutout. I think it would have been so it would have been uh, seven innings, zero run ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's when you're dealing with a 1-0 lead. I think, and I think that this was behind what Aaron Boone was thinking about uh, the that solo shot is is really scary like there's no way to compensate for like if your pitcher loses their stuff um you can't bro- you get with any other lead you get one batter on oh, oh on base okay you're pulling with the 10 lead solo shot like just erases your advantage
0: right so who do you blame the most then or what do you blame the most if you want to um, blame a group
1: uh you know it's pretty easy to like you know uh, armchair quarterback Aaron Boone on this um, I'm not gonna blame Tanaka for like being honest about like that he was being to feel a little gassed. Um, I think that he is working up through some stuff and I think that that may have also been I not this may be a bit conspiracy to me theory, but I think that he may have also seen that like Boone was like, Hey, he was feeling nervous about it and I think he may have just given him an honest assessment and like an an out. Like I think that he was so, like, I'm not gonna I think a lot of those like, Yeah, I'm beginning to get tired. If you wanna if you wanna go with your bullpen, I'm gonna give you permission to go with your bullpen. Um I think that the real big blame on this though is the Yankees freaking bats. Um, that's what I was
0: gonna that's what I was thinking that's, based on what you were saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's, that that to me it's pretty unconscionable, like, you know, to not <laughs> to not score more than a run. Uh I mean, yeah, you know, the the Atlanta Braves were lights out, except but you know, it's just like and you know, they did put themselves to pretty golden scoring opportunity in that fourth inning where they did where they if they put to put together just one other run, I think the whole dynamic of everything changes. Uh, but, you know, the Yanks' bats been pretty cold. It was a doubleheader. They lost the other one 1-5, one and that other one was a Luke Voigt homo, uh, solo home run. So who, Luke Voigt's been on fire. But, you know, Aaron Judge, is he came back for this doubleheader. Um, yeah. He's hurt again, back on the injured list. Uh, DJ LeMahieu is still on the injured list. He's scheduled to come back. But, you know, Giancarlo Stannon's out for a while um, the injuries have been piling up for the Yankees and it's really hurt them in the bats um, not to mention James Paxton with their pitchers also one of their pitchers um, I'd argue their third best pitcher is out on uh, is, is out with an injury for a few weeks as well so the injuries have hurt them but uh, and, it's, uh, and it's it's been taking a toll
0: so this seems to be a recurring theme with the yankees and maybe it's just the outside looking in because i'm again i'm a red i'm a red sox fan but it feels like year after year there are l- a lot of lingering injury issues with this club
1: i mean last year i think they had the, they literally had the record for most people who've been to the il <laughs> right. uh it was brutal uh i don't necessarily know what the deal is with um with the number of with the number of injuries they have i mean the fact is is that they have been able to you know, like, do you have this whole next fan out mentality? They have a deep farm system. They also trade for people well and develop them well, which so it's like it's it hasn't hurt them as much as it would. But uh, like their last that that Tanaka loss was really one they need to get a win on too, because that turned into their fifth loss in a row. Um, right. And that was after dropping three or four to the Rays. It was uh, who are now firmly in first place in the AL East now can wood the yanks don't look like in any danger of missing the playoffs and first place doesn't really mean a ton this year um but you know it's still when you're going to probably face the rays in the playoffs losing to them is pretty king and getting swept by, swept by the braves is not a fun look um, as we speak right now the bats seem to be waking up against uh against the mets uh where they have a big subway series against but uh but yeah no injuries are beginning to finally catch up with catch up with the yankees and I think another reason why they may have preserved Tanaka this time was because the last thing they want to see is a Tanaka injury. Um, right. And to be fair, he's been pretty durable, but like even a little injury in this short season, which is now halfway over, my gosh, is is going to be, is, is, is going to hurt, so to speak.
0: So today marks the first full week for the MLB since the season started where there are no positive COVID tests. Oof. Yeah. But let's talk again about what the impact of the COVID-19 uh, on, on MLB so far this year, which are these seven inning games and which is the, which was the battlefield that Tanaka was a part of um, a couple nights ago. What, right. are, what are your thoughts on the seven inning format and how it's being used exceeding, you know, quite a bit to rectify these games, how it, you know, how it impacts the, well, let's start with that, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this. Um, and that like, so i'll be real like uh you know the, the seven inning games are essential i think at this point to make for the fact that there are covid shows that there's a lot of um like the yankees hadn't played for a week uh, they're scheduled to have a, a subway series against the mets uh and they did not probably played a week because of this uh because some positive covid tests from the from some folks in the Mets organization. um so that's just like shut them down and to recover those games they have to play a bunch of double headers which you know this year they're authorized to do seven innings i don't actually mind them there's something that's in like a double header where it's like two nine inning games is a bit of a slog like i like baseball i don't mind a nine inning game i regularly listen to baseball quite a bit but there is also something exciting about like you get two games there's seven innings um a lot gets packed in, and it's it's kind of exciting. I don't want this to be a regular part of baseball, uh, per se, but I don't hate it. Uh, and the advantage is that you do get a breezy – you tend to get a breezier game. And it also changes things tactically. Like, pitchers dealing, even with a 1-0 lead in a 9 game, um, you send them out there for the sixth inning. Um, but when it's two left, it's more like the seventh inning. So then you begin to just, like, think, okay, is it time to just – bring in if you have a good bullpen it's a time to bring in our bullpen guys so it's a different dynamic Um, it's certainly weird when it comes to things like wins and such Uh, a win is still counted you know you have to have the lead after five innings and such but it's I do not uh, I don't mind it personally and I think that there are some things that even recommend it to because you do get more baseball which is not necessarily the worst but it's it's more baseball but also like in a more compact format so i don't mind it that much what are your thoughts dan
0: i think my only issue and i don't know which way it swings because it's only seven innings but it's also a double header right but to me it's not an even playing field anymore and that's what mm. that's what starts to get from a competition perspective whether whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage i don't know mm. um due to the reasons i just outlined but to me it's like if you're going to give two teams in, the, in Major League Baseball, like let's say the Mets and the Yankees, let's, let's, let's just use the example, the Braves and the Yankees, two seven inning games, a doubleheader. Shouldn't you then do the same thing for every other team in the league if you want to keep it level? I mean, I've, I've heard something about like the league potentially
1: even going by winning percentage over um, uh, games played at this point. So it's just like competitive. I mean, I think Zach Brennan, who is the Yankees closer, who's also... A, uh, a who's also their union rep was saying that, like competitive balance is kind of shot this year. Period. Right. Um, it's, it's I mean it's weird. I mean like you know the the fact of the matter is is that like you there's no interplay between regions, um, which has been a big part of ba- which has been a big part of baseball in the modern era. Like yeah. you know you're not you, until the playoffs you're not going to see, for instance, um, the Yanks of the Rays be tested against some of the really serious competition in the al central from like the the twins who are amazing or out west with the a's where they're just like suddenly like oh my gosh <laughs> it's like like where the heck did this oakland a's yeah, team come from and right. why is it just flexing continuously on the houston astros <laughs>
0: right right and i get that i i guess i guess the rebuttal from the mlb would be that the extended playoffs with more teams is kind of the way it levels the playing field it's like less but that kind of destroys like the point of baseball and these huge 162 game seasons
1: oh yeah i know like i mean and we talked about this at the beginning of the cast uh, um in the the first uh, the first or second episode when we're talking about that expanded playoff format like the expanded playoffs really is um is really like the balance it really i do think is supposed to work as the balancer and to me is why i think it's one of the quote unquote like legitimacy of like whatever like winning stuff comes out of this because um you know it's gonna getting to the dance is not gonna be it's it's weird it's still gonna be work but it's not the same as like having to slug for 162 game season but then you have to get through these Giant playoffs with a lot of games played against a lot of different teams, and right. any team that that triumphs after going through that ridiculous format, um, or less ridiculous, just like it's a tough format. Uh, I, yeah, I think that it's definitely some of the, It's definitely going to be an accomplishment, uh, especially since people are getting injured, not just the Yanks but everywhere. Like left, like the Rays, I believe they have six pitchers on the on the IL at the moment uh, from their from their reliever quarries It's just like there's everybody is getting injured in baseball and it's just showing a golden reason about why spring training is as long as it is Um right. these these are these are athletes playing a game that yes is allows you you know to that baseball's not a game that really destroys you physically in terms of the long term but it is also a game that does take its toll yeah uh, yeah uh and it, just in terms of the yanks injuries one other thing i'll say is, is that like uh, you know Jean Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge are two of the players who tend to have been getting injured a lot. I think you know Aaron Judge being injured this year is I think definitely but create questions with the Yankees about whether they offer him an extension. but well, we're not. Um, I still think they should. But you know, when you have big players uh, who are uh, who who are playing the game of baseball, at least speaking from them, I think it's they they're more liable to get injured than others. And, you know, I think also there's something to be said that, you know, like, you know, we are now pretty firmly in the post-steroid era and, you know, like one of the things that I think that steroids did outside of, you know, like allowing people to train stronger and harder is just that they were oftentimes used as ways for people to recover from injuries and come back from injuries stronger. Um, So, you know, like when you were a slugger and stuff and you're getting injured and such, you know, without the aid of steroids, um, which it's like, you know, there's been no intonation around Judge or Stanton, you know. It's going to take more time to come back from those injuries. Those right. injuries are going to mean uh, are going to be be a lot bigger thing. So it's like that's that's one of the coins from that.
0: Well, the uh, seven inning games isn't the only thing, um, or the you know COVID nineteen rather I should say isn't the only thing that's been postponing games lately. Um, yeah, because we also now have um, protests uh, going on with, uh, with regards to some of the recent events that happened with Jacob Blake. Mm. Um, and then in my opinion, the response after, um, in Wisconsin. Mm.
1: Yeah. Why, I why don't you take take away from here? Because like a lot of what's been happening here, I mean, you know, there's been very significant protests in, in major league baseball, uh, you know, like, you know, the Mets and the Marlins went out the field for like 42 seconds and then walked off Milwaukee, uh, the Brewers and the Reds decide not to play their game. There have been individual players who have decided to sit out of games when they, uh, well, rather than play, uh, in in protest so in protest to you know like what happened to to Mr. Blake and also like this uh, this police response and then also this response where this kid went across state lines uh, and or. Kid allegedly went across. I seems like, but using using and voice and uh, murdered two people. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, like it's which is horrifying. Um, but you know, what are your oh, what are your thoughts on, on this? Since a lot of this is focused on the NBA, which literally went on strike and stopped playing games in the middle of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, uh, and well, it's happening with hockey now too. And I think oh shit. I, I think the NBA set the set the tone mm. um, on this. And that's something that I've, I've found has been pretty unanimous and I applaud the NBA for always being pretty forward thinking about the way that they handle things. Mm. Um, this being an example, another recent example being the, the bubble itself, you know, when, when COVID happened, they were the first, I believe the first league to pull all their players and stop. Mm. They were also the first league to pioneer this bubble concept. Right, and start building it out as a as a possible solution. Um, obviously, they also, you know, with with along with the the bubble concept came the Black Lives Matter initiatives that they do um, during the games. Which yeah. I'm not sure how much basketball you've been following, but um, you're aware that they are allowed to um, put different quotes or sayings on their the backs of their jerseys. Um, oh, and, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's really cool yeah so basically it's you know various black lives matter messages and in different languages if you know a lot of the nba players are also from different countries yeah yeah um, definitely
1: it's i mean it's in a, the nba is like it's one of the cool things about watching the nba so they like it's it's a really really international game and yeah. the same is also true of baseball but i just feel but it's oftentimes like a little more regional like Baseball has like a number of like players from Japan and Korea, and of course the of course the, the 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 Caribbean, South America. Um, but just like basketball, I guess it's also like basketball doesn't necessarily have a lot of players from those regions, so I guess it balances out. But it's cool when basketball you see like there's a lot of people from, of course Europe playing, um, number of folks from Africa who are playing. Of course, you know, yeah. it, of course, um, uh, you know like pioneered by like some all-time greats. I, 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 and uh, and then of course and then you know there's the the Turkey produces excellent players. Yeah. Uh, you've got you know then the, you're you're getting folks from folks from China. It's it, it's it's in inter- like probably It's my understanding the basketball is like the second most popular game in the world after soccer and such.
0: Uh, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I know and the NBA. We talked about this um, off, mm-hmm. oh, quote unquote offline <laughs> uh, that the NBA at least in America mm-hmm. um, doesn't get the ratings that a few other sports get football like if you consider nascar golf um Mm -hmm. even other i think you know baseball still does better but yeah i think world i mean but again the mls does terribly here and soccer is obviously massive around the world uh maybe basketball is the same i honestly don't know um so they had like a (laughs) but that makes. I'm sorry. That makes sense though, because there are a lot of players that come from other leagues throughout the country, throughout the world. Um, That would make sense to me. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, no. I was just like looking up some of this. Is that? uh, So, oh, actually, um. Oh. I I stand corrected here. That. (laughs) So soccer, uh, according to this world atlas thing, in terms of like, fans basketball is at 825 million baseball is at 500 million fans globally but then table tennis is 875 million fans apparently <laughs> uh <laughs> which is uh interesting <laughs> volleyball apparently has 900 million fans uh tennis i shouldn't be surprised as a billion fans but that's not a team sport but it's uh, except for you know like 2 but you know it's like a. Uh, Uh, apparently field hockey is 2 billion um i shouldn't be surprised that cricket has 2.5 billion fans like cricket's insane yeah Uh, it's like you know like india and pakistan just alone huge populations and they're crazy about cricket
0: yep but uh i don't know basketball in the states at least has been pretty forward thinking about a lot of things they do and once again they've led some of these protests that have now sprinkled throughout the league yeah, other leagues, um, starting with of course the Bucks. Um, I mean, going I, on from there,
1: no, for sure. And I mean, I guess when could, what are your thoughts in terms of like? Because like, I mean, not only are these protests like showing athletes you know like uh, acting as individual citizens, but uh, what's fascinating to me about this is is that this is also um, uh, they're really seeming to use their power. On social you know, social issues, not just individuals, but um, but as workers, like this is there. These things are being staged and used as labor actions, essentially. I mean, it's my understanding that in basketball, they're trying to get some real concessions around the issues yeah. of uh, of of racial justice and police brutality yeah. from the ownership before they start playing again.
0: Yeah, I listened to a Times podcast um, a week or two ago about a woman who protested her own workplace at um, adidas because they were um, they weren't walking walking the walk mm. on their racial equity yeah um, and there were a lot of like skeevy things happening internally and she started organizing and people started joining her and you know she protested for a while and of course they gave her all these threats you know i'm not, we're not gonna pay you after a while blah 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 blah, blah, blah. but mm. like much in the same way that the nba is is doing that too i think that the major difference though with these sports teams is they're worth a lot of money yes by themselves yes and Uh, well i'd i'm re i'm really curious to see if unfortunately if this violence continues um into the football season um i'll 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 be interested to see because i think the nfl is such a huge market here mm, what that response looks like yes how that changes things too.
1: No, I mean, so I think that what's interesting to me about uh, what's one of the interesting things about this response in terms of the protest is that, you know, like, you know, basketball has been a lot better and treated its players a lot better when they've used uh, free speech, their free speech rights to speak out on racial justice and equity and such. Um, And, you know, football has, unfortunately, with the Kaepernick situation has certainly been has has definitely shown to be like you know less friendly about that baseball's kind of just been this interesting this like neutral space where they have there hasn't been like a clampdown or backlash but there also hasn't been a ton of action uh, until really this year when there was the black lives matter video with a lot of prominent players for uh, black players from multiple different teams that was officially Supported, supported by multiple teams. Multiple teams have made statements, and then now you're having baseball players like refusing to play, and teams refusing to take the field because of this. So I feel that right now, what's interesting in baseball, which hasn't, uh, which again I feel is in this interesting middle space, where on the one hand, they weren't. Uh, really forward thinking uh, for like the nba in terms of like having a lot of player speech on this but on the other hand it wasn't seem like that they were at least outwardly squelching it or being mad about it um now there is there's a lot of uh, uh there is quite a lot of uh of, of activity on the baseball side i'm curious what does happen with the nfl because there there's i mean it's it's literally part of uh the president's campaign where like if you've watched any of the rnc uh, they were <laughs> no they, they were literally talking about we stand for our flag and like that whole like standing the flag stuff has been really a part of like you know criticizing Colin Kaepernick for kneeling in the in the anthem to, uh, to 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 protest police brutality and uh, and to and to put a, a, an eye on racial justice lines so it's like that whole like why don't they stand thing it's all freaking NFL We'll see what happens when, when, and if uh, the NFL starts up. Uh, yeah, what, what, what are, what are your thoughts around that at this point?
0: Uh, about what the NFL, the MLB.
1: Yeah, the the NFL and the MLB, and like where, what this looks like going forward, and how I guess the moment is different from it, from when it was when uh, Wood Kaepernick started started these started started doing these protests himself.
0: Well, I think, I think uh, you know it's it's pretty cool. Like I I even remember myself when when Kaepernick started doing that and again this this kind of speaks to my privilege as a as a white dude in America but when he started kneeling I you know I didn't have any problems with it or anything but I remember thinking like in in my head oh yeah you know he's protesting and stuff like what good is this gonna do and it just feels like it's I mean obviously there are other catalysts to this but it's ballooned and ballooned and ballooned and it's become the sort of the statement move um or one of the when you know it's it's I think it's I think it's helped to grow this this movement, which is really exciting. Um, and it was it was and it was a gesture that originally I didn't think was going to do anything. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. Um, so it's really exciting to see that. I, I think you will see if these things if this does continue, which it will inevitably. It's yes. just a matter of how it continues, uh, and you know until things get better. Um, I mean, you know, I reform think... is put in place. I. I think that um, there will be a time during the season where they have to do something, and I honestly think that they will. And I think it'll be interesting to see the the, the backlash.
1: No, for sure. Uh, I uh, so here's another thing. Like in terms of like where the NFL is institutionally, I think a real this may sound silly and reductionist, but I really do think that where it's going that where you may see the rubber hitting the road and really just like allow, you know saying that like okay we're going to let our players um just like really fully exercise their, spe- their, their their speech rights is if kaepernick does get signed like i think that that would be a giant if any team signs him i think that's suddenly like a giant signal like okay um we are we are acknowledging that uh we're acknowledging this uh we'll see uh and know also i think it will be interesting if uh if one of the teams that signed him is either vikings which you know like are in right. minnesota where a lot of this recent thing happened you know with the with the killing of george floyd and just like kicked off all this way it's a protest or honestly um the packers do it because yep. to be quite frankly frank the packers do need a good backup to aaron Rodgers, who does get hurt um this latest uh latest uh well about a of, bout of protest latest, it's all happening in kenosha wisconsin and quite frankly the other flip side of this too is that you know like Colin Kaepernick grew up in Milwaukee as a Packers fan. Right. Uh, it would be, in many ways, really fitting for him to like you know return to that. Uh, I'm also, I it would also be interesting that like the Packers are also like a, the one team that's not owned by a billionaire. They're owned by like this weird shareholder amalgamation where. Which is what keeps it in Green Bay. It's essentially, it's it's essentially uh, a kind of like almost like a nonprofit situation. So I don't know what the feelings are within that, but you don't necessarily just need to have one billionaire who's like going to be be okay with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you could like, it could be like, you know, within the ownership group itself. There, like, okay, let's let's uh, let's let's take a chance on cap with this. Uh, because just from a football perspective, it would be far more than football, but just from a football perspective, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and when he gets hurt, the they Green Bay season goes poof. And it would be, I don't know, nice for Green Bay not to have the option of their season not going poof, or to be able to rest Aaron Rodgers when, he's, <laughs> when they have leads comfortably. Um, I don't know, we will... We will see, but obviously, you know what's happening in baseball and football, and now hockey. Are but what might happen in football? What's happening in basketball? Clearly, what's happening in hockey now? Um, it's huge and it's important, and it goes it goes beyond sports. Although at the same time, I mean, you know, it's like these things. As someone who's in a union myself, and it's like the you know the labor movement since the George Floyd uh, killing has definitely been looking more at. Uh, issues of racial justice and right. issues of prejudice and we've def and uh, and there've been a li- and this is ju- this is one of a number of like labor actions. I mean strikes are a wildcat strike at that is far more unusual, but at the same day, same time, you know, these are different workers. They like, you know, people these are folks who make a lot of money, but also they make a lot of money because, you know, if LeBron James doesn't take the court, there's no season. Uh, I mean yeah they could say like you know like folks a lot of times talk about oh you know how spoiled quote unquote sports figures are with all the money they make and such where it's just like to me I've always found that to be deeply unfair because these are people who again if they don't play the game doesn't happen right Um, and they are being paid in many ways still a fraction of their value because yes, even the best played payer played, paid players who are getting hundreds of millions of dollars, they don't own equity in their teams. Um, and then they are not billionaires. <laughs> it's I like think,
0: I, I think the important thing though is that they are like hyper specialists in a field. Exactly. If they, if you know, like you're you're a good journalist. If you go on if you go on strike you know they're losing something they're losing something it's yes. not just like it's not like a and i hate to say it but it's just the way it, it is in american in a lot of ways it's not like a fresh meat situation it's you are a skilled person in your field
1: yeah a skilled person who not only is like skilled for what you do um but also uh but but also is someone who is, is has a fandom has has like you know people will specifically tune in to watch you play and do right. your job, um, exactly. it, it's not just like oh well, now, now they're they're on strike, so let's just put in a bunch of like uh, scabs straight out of high school to play basketball for the NBA championship. It's just like that's not going to happen. Like you know, fans right. aren't going to want to see that.
0: Right. Uh, if, if Pat Mahomes protests the NFL or protests rather um, racial injustice, right? Like people will pay attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean. There were and one of the unfortunate things with Kaepernick was that he was and he is incredibly skilled, but he was also in this weird situation where he was he was already, even before he started protesting, not who the 49ers were seeing as their quarterback of the future. Absolutely. And he right. had a he has a skill set which, while effective, was not particularly the most popular at that time, you know, of like, you know, like of a dynamic running quarterback. Uh, right. that's now become more popular again you know, with like baltimore and such you know i think that that's another po- very possible yeah. destination for kaepernick but it's just like uh you know there's other other folks who protested like for instance eric re about uh, uh eric Rie and such have been able to find uh employment and i don't think that that takes away from kaepernick states i think kaepernick is also you know like the face of it and subject of a lot of the ire but it's also was he had less labor power around it because it's not like he's Tom Brady where it's right. like oh we sign Kaepernick we get a we get a Super Bowl it's more like oh we sign Kaepernick and we have someone who's going to be a good competent quarterback um uh, I think a lot of the outrage has been that there's been a lot of people who are like clearly not as competent as Colin Kaepernick who have been then signed in the competent quarterback role but his labor power was in a, this weird spot where he couldn't exercise much control where it's just like you know LeBron James, you—if he's on your team, you're going to make a run in the playoffs. Um, right. I mean, he literally carried a Cleveland Cavaliers team against the Golden State Warriors to six to make it to six games, yeah. uh, with where Timothy freaking Mozgov was the only other person scoring. He's—he's he's unbelievable. Um, I'm—I'm right. I'm a stand for the guy. He's just like I—I've—I've never seen anything like that in sports of just total personal domination which also is the nature of the game of basketball like it allows heroes to just do
0: incredible work bringing it back to baseball in my red Sox. yes um, yes let's talk about your red Sox. well no no i just want to say that in in just with this lens that and i'll, I'll i won't talk too much about them you don't, know, don't, there's not a whole m- lot more to say is i that, never have um, an objection to you talking about the red Sox. <laughs> well it's that well there's not much to talk about i i would if i if i could mm-hmm. um but but um the interesting thing here is that the Red Sox have backed their teammate, Jackie Bradley Jr., mm. and chose not to play Thursday um, because Jackie Bradley Jr. didn't, the whole team stood behind him, the coach, and everything like that, which is a really cool move, I think. Um, the The interesting thing from a baseball like moves and operations perspective there is that a lot of people in New England are thinking that, or who are Red Sox fans, are thinking that Jackie Bradley Jr. is like a perfect person to trade. So I wonder if, like, um, just because they're doing so poorly and they start building again,
1: right, right, just
0: based on his contract situation and everything like that, which I am not one hundred percent sure of all the details, but I just know that he's a, he's a, he's a prime person to trade. I wonder if they're like, I wonder if they are in, um, thinking about it and I wonder if, or entertaining a trade with him, and I wonder if like these protests have are impacting that at all, where they're thinking it'll be a bad look if they trade him now um yeah i mean that
1: does look like a i mean the only way they trade jackie bradley jr i think at this point um is if jackie bradley jr is like yeah i'm okay with this destination and i fully endorse it like they need to have jackie bradley jr being like smiling but like yeah no this is this was a great trade for me um I'm happy to. I'm happy to be in this playoff race. I'm also, you know, I much love to Boston, but you know, like it's a. But I'm. I'm. I I was happy. I'm. I'm happy. I think that this works for everybody. Like, I think if Jackie Bradley Jr. is neutral on this, it's going to be a bad look. I think. Right. No. But or or if he's negative, it's going to be a terrible look. Especially since, unfortunately, and I say this unfortunately because even though I'm a Yankees fan, it's just like you know like. I appreciate the Red Sox as rivals. I also appreciate, you know, like Fenway is a great park, uh, but it does not have a good history with black players. Um, and there's certain awful elements of the Red Sox fan base, which have, uh, I mean, CeCe Sabathia said, like literally Fenway is the only place that he was called the N-word. So like, I oh, think yeah, the Reds, I mean, yeah.
0: Not a good look. And, you know, the Red Sox were the last team to integrate. Yeah. Like it's, not, it's <laughs> just, it, Fenway, not a good look park. You know, it's like, it's, it's no no it's, it's troubling and it's awful
1: it's it's yeah. troubling and it's awful and you know i mean i feel that you know the the red sox have been doing a lot to uh to try to combat I and mean, like you know the yaki way was turned back to its original name you know like yeah. you know believe me john henry there is he is not necessarily a favorite person for a variety of reasons but i do think that he has uh you know he said that he's haunted by like the yaki legacy and i think that that is uh that I think that's genuine. I think that you know it's great that the face of the Red Sox was this uh, black Dominican immigrant, uh, uh, <laughs> Ortiz, who I think yeah. is amazing for the sport of baseball and great was great for the Sox. And uh, you know I look forward to seeing him in the Hall of Fame. And uh, and yeah, and so I think that that's definitely. Uh, Go. I I think that there is improvements being made. Uh, but you know there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done still, and so it would be that just compounds the bad look for trading Jackie Bradley Jr. if he doesn't want to be traded. Right.
0: Uh, anyway, that was my Red Sox minute.
1: No, for sure, and I mean it's also really cool that um uh, that the that the Sox have decided to uh, to to stand in solidarity. Um, yeah. it's interesting the Yanks have con- that the Yanks have continued to play. Um, especially since they have a number of uh, prominent, and outspoken black players on their team. Um, you know, two of them are injured right now, Judge and Stanton. Uh, but you know, like you know, Aaron Hicks um, uh, is also there and still playing. And you know, like then they've they've knelt for the anthem and stuff, et cetera. So it's just like it's um, I believe it was Hicks and Judge who did that. Uh, but I do think, and you know, like in James Paxton, who's white though, but has apparently been been boning up on. I'm just like getting better educated about cc sabathia who's retired now but still very connected with the yankees organization has been huge about black lives matter so it's interesting that they're that they are continuing to play i'm curious about what the what the deal with that is whether that's just uh yankees culture pressure from ownership um could also be because they've been in a slide and that they they're putting that consideration over over this uh social justice moment but uh, it's just interesting because the Yanks, for whatever reason, happen to have a lot of um, black players, American-born black players. And so uh, it's curious that they haven't yet stopped playing games. Right.
0: Agreed. Um, but again, but also I think a, a key a key piece here, though, is that you shouldn't be, as a sports player or as a team, you probably shouldn't be, or you definitely shouldn't be looked down upon because you don't participate. Like, oh, Of course. It's you know, it's your right to do what you want, and I think like chastising a team because they don't do it is kind of defeats the purpose. No, I mean it's these <laughs> so are people, not, yeah, these yeah,
1: are yeah, folks yeah. who have the right to withhold their labor, right. And they're doing it for the cause of like you know racial right. justice. I mean, like the my understanding was that when the met with the Mets and the Marlins is that they literally just took the field for forty two seconds, you know, which is a very which in baseball is huge because you know the number 42 is retired yep. universally that's jackie yep. robinson yep. um and you know like that's kind of a part of the whole mythos of baseball is the integration of it and yep. you know that it was also happened to have been integrated by this giant of the man jackie robinson who you know like ever all baseball fans i well, at least let's like, hope like it over here who is this you know who happened yep. to be not only the first black player but um in the major leagues yep but someone who was able to withstand awful abuse.
0: I was going to say if, if if you're listening and you haven't look, looked into his story at all, you really 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 need to because it's it's pretty insane what what he went through and how he came out on, you know, on top and
1: it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, because
1: it's not only cuz it was like the flip side which is that like, you know, when he was b- brought in, he had to withstand terrible abuse and not fight back um, and he didn't. Uh, when he finally did get the authorization, I think he like comment may have commented that uh, I believe he commented that like yeah you know like you liked a lot better when I wasn't allowed to speak up, you know, speak up about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then also on the flip side is that you know, Jackie Robinson is in the Hall of Fame not just because he was this amazing pioneering person for justice. He is also one of the best baseball players of right. his era. Like right. he's the person who not only broke the color barrier. But he broke the color barrier as an amazing athlete, uh, yep. which is which is special because you know not everybody who is brave and it can also um, take abuse without responding is also one of the best people in their uh, best people in their sport. But Jackie Robinson was <laughs> he was a, he was, a, he was an incredible baseball player. Right.
0: Right. Exactly
1: yeah so so you know it's just like we you know as you said like you know i think that like there's there's absolutely no shame like you know like using your power for you know especially when it is like you know like literally you know to fighting for people that you know these fo though the, these fo uh, these folks don't know or at least most of them don't know uh, in World terms of like individually i don't know if anybody the way it was caveat it was like very well there may be i haven't heard of it there may be some players mm-hmm. who've known folks who know uh, known folks who have been in these high profile situations and
0: i and like like I, like just to close out from my side at least i just don't of think course. you can pass i don't think you can pass judgment whether it's a person a team if they do or don't like it's everybody's choice and decision so
1: of course of course
0: um, like the fact that the yankees aren't didn't postpone their games isn't like an indictment on them
1: <laughs> no i mean like unless i hear here here like you know it's like again i'm I haven't seen anything that indicates that, like, you know, the players aren't doing this. And, again, you know, the players – the black players and the Yankees are star are, are, are stars. Like Aaron – you know, like Judge and Stanton are two of, like, the big faces of the franchise. Uh, Judge is the face of the Yankees right now. Uh, yeah. And Aaron Hicks is uh, – you know, they, they love – the uh, ownership loves him. He's got a big extension, et cetera. I feel like if any of them said, hey, let's not play right now, they would. Uh, I at least would like to hope that they would honor that and and stick yeah. to it, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a, but it's a sports is really um flexing its muscles in uh in the in the arena outside of sports in a way that I don't think we've seen in maybe ever. Like this is just unprecedented, and it's as people who are sports fans and also folks who care about the this country in the world outside of sports. I think mean, it's a. It's fascinating, and I think a, a good thing for us to for us to be, for, for everybody to be paying attention and really just listening at this point, because I think that's what a lot of folks should be doing
0: right now. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's look ahead to Masahiro's next start. Now, do we even know what it is based on the Mets here? Uh, so
1: I believe, based off ESPN, which has sometimes been wrong and such, um, it's going to be against Tampa Bay, in this uh, of, in, in the in the series on Tuesday, which you know, Matsa had that terrible start against Tampa Bay, but traditionally he, he is he owns them. Traditionally, he is just like a absolute powerhouse. Pitching against him, uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. They may bring him. uh they, they, they may they may they may bring him well, back, back up back up earlier. Um, but we'll, we'll 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 take we'll take a we'll see how that goes uh Tuesday so yeah it's a, there's a, it's a three game series against uh against Tampa Bay starting on Monday and so according to this he would potentially uh get the two get the Tuesday start um but right now they're doing a doubleheader Friday against the Mets then they do a Saturday game against the Mets then they do another doubleheader against the Mets on Sunday and then Tampa Bay Monday Tuesday Wednesday and this is crucial because this is also uh the la- This is the last meeting that they're going to have against Tampa Bay, right. and this is the team that they're fighting for first yep. place against. So, yep. it's going to be a series. Yeah, it's going to be a really important series for playoff posi- for playoff positioning and in uh, that race. So we'll see if Masa pitches in it. It's going to be a big game, um, and he does have a habit of showing up in big games. So uh, we'll take a look at that,
0: uh, especially considering we are Czechs watch already halfway through this the season um well n- not the yankees necessarily right now but other teams are <laughs> yeah Depends no how no, many no games you played <laughs> it's
1: definitely halfway through seeing it. it's 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 pretty incredible um before we go uh you want to would you want to read some tanaka tweets
0: um yeah actually uh the one that i have pulled up here is from uh which actually this is an example of when like the google translate stuff and like the just like strict without any localization translation is hilarious Mm -hmm. is this image of him from twitter with garrett cole
1: oh i i haven't seen it but it looks so it looks
0: so so sweet please read (laughs) the ball he throws is terrible (laughs) (laughs) i played catch with him for the first time during this time but i was scared I just think it's great that it clearly he's trying to say something like like it's he he throws like a nasty like ball like he's a nasty pitcher yeah but it just says the ball he throws is terrible <laughs>
1: yeah also no it's 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 delightful uh, also he like he tags at Garrett Cole forty five in this too yeah he's uh, also pretty sweet that uh, he once again seems to be
0: enjoying his PUBG time off yeah this and- PUBG thing is wild because <laughs> a lot of sports stars are continuing to play like random things it's it's weird
1: yeah it's it's interesting you know what i mean i i think it may just show my my millennialness but uh, i also appreciate that uh that if he is playing a sandbox game that he's going with the PUBG
0: as opposed to the Fortnite. so <laughs> and then of course if you go f- back a couple of days there's a beautiful drawing from his son oh <laughs> which i would absolutely make the cover art of um, this episode if i didn't just want to keep the cover art the same across the board sun made
1: yeah. picture cho choco at choco choco pen story oh apparently this seems to be a a thing a thing some kind of uh, adorable anime <laughs> uh... <laughs>
0: well big dad energy right there <laughs> <laughs> looks like um mr potato head or something like japanese mr potato head yeah the, yeah the ones that, yeah yeah mm. uh, well barry you can find us on spoilermedia.net yes knock cast you can also find us uh, and subscribe to us and review us rate us whatever you want to do on our various and the various podcast channels like um popularly apple podcasts i keep calling it itunes but now at this point it's apple podcasts as well as spotify uh google play while it's around get it while it's hot and uh mm-hmm. like a- anything like that we've, we've got you covered and you can find those links on our website spoilermedia.net or you can just search for tanaka cast on those services definitely very good well, well yeah hopefully some more time early next week so we yeah sometime
1: connect. early next week uh we should do another one of these uh and yeah, I think that this is—it's going to be. We're gonna have a lot to talk about when we have the next one. I mean, we're first gonna be seeing like you know what happens with these protests, what happens with the season, uh, what's think you know, five more games go by and we get an even clearer idea of like what's gonna look like and who's in the playoffs and who's not. So I'm I'm just excited to uh, continue on this journey with you and uh, hopefully uh, so we, we we get a few listeners along the way as well.
0: Yeah, one one can hope. Awesome. Uh well, until next time I look forward to uh to joining with you again to talk about Tanaka's next start. Awesome. Thanks, Bear. All right. Thank take you care. all. Bye. Take care, everyone.